Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching, a podcast by two English teachers challenging the status quo. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Today, we are going to tackle the second word in the namesake of our podcast. As you heard in our little intro, we are called Brave New Teaching, and in episode one, we talked all about what it means to be a brave teacher, and so today, let's tackle what it means to try new things. Cause that's really the essence of what we mean when we say new. So Marie, I think for me, new, new ideas and new approaches to teaching is part of what keeps me alive in my classroom. Absolutely. Like we talked a little bit in last week's episode about how being brave is something that can keep you from getting too comfortable, right? Because even though comfort is something we seek, it can also make us very complacent, but the new is the revitalizing piece. It's what like makes things exciting. It's what makes me personally passionate about education, about being in my classroom, about doing things like this podcast where we talk about the things that we love about being in our classrooms and education. And the new is the refreshing, but it's also sometimes really scary. So I'm excited to like really dig into what we mean by new in trying new things. listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show.
start off by giving this kind of disclaimer. So I am the person in that um, your English meeting or your teacher meeting. And when someone in the room says, well, you know, we don't really need to reinvent the wheel. Let's just do this. I'm the one that's like, excuse me, wait a second. Um, reinventing the wheel is super fun. So why don't we reinvent the wheel? <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh God, Amanda has another new idea. <laughs> I mean, People resent me for this, but that's why I have a podcast. So I can just tell everyone who also wants to reinvent the wheel that that's super fun. And you have me on your side. I love it. I think, I think reinventing the wheel, especially in terms of curriculum and instruction is so invigorating and and it doesn't necessarily, I think that people, when they say that, well, they don't want to reinvent the wheel, that means that they don't want to start over. And, And I don't really necessarily want to start over either. But I do think that a fresh new approach to things we've done for a long time is good for our souls. And it's also really good for engaging kids. Absolutely. I think, I think the, the phrase reinventing the wheel, because I am absolutely that person as well. I'm like, well, have we thought about maybe, and then everybody in the room, like cue the massive eye rolls and sign. And like, <laughs> Totally. Oh my gosh, who let Marie in today? Like that's, t- I'm that girl as well. And I think that's why we get along. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It gets a bad, it gets a negative connotation for sure. Because if you think about like the wheel, it is something that has worked for so long. Why would you reinvent it? It might be because the wheel's not working. Like it's gone flat. And that's Holy why it, gosh. that's why it needs to be reinvented or at least plugged and pumped up. If we're going to continue this odd metaphor that I've gone with. I right now I just see like one of those really lazy <laughs> like early turn of the century um like bicycles with the big huge front wheel but it's like cracked and it's like flumping around because that wheel needs to be reinvented. Like it, it's doing a little too much heavy lifting and it needs to be changed up a bit. Like that's I oh. think a fair way to look at that whole reinventing piece when it comes to especially curriculum. Like the oh content gosh. that we are teaching should not stay the same for years and years and decades and decades. It should change because we change as teachers and our children that we are teaching in the seats change. We would call them students. Um, can I continue? Can I continue the weird metaphor train? Yes. Is it a unicycle okay. or a bicycle? Where are you? <laughs> uh, no, actually, I was gonna. Go- <laughs> I was gonna go with. Uh, I watched with my husband last night. We watched the Aeronauts on Amazon prime i think okay and the story of this woman who flies hot air balloons and she takes this scientist up in the air to you know his new idea is that we can predict the weather he's like the first meteorologist and so like we reinvented the hot air balloon because this girl like legitimately they got so high in the air that the balloon started to freeze and the gas hole, she had to like climb on top of the balloon to open the gas hole and like passed out from the air being too thin on the top of a hot air balloon at 35,000 feet. Like, okay, we need to invent an airplane. Okay. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And it was a still fly. Movie. It's it's still but, yeah, we should yeah. be sitting on top of hot air balloons, like kicking frozen gas hole open and then <laughs> passing out because the air is too thin. Like that's ridiculous. And like I know you love doing things a certain way. Like, right? Like listeners, I know we have our our babies, our our way of doing things that we just love. And I am here not to kick that door closed or to, I don't know, bust open the gas hole. Now this is getting weird. No, no, but no. I, I mean, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. It's, it's 
fair. It's good. It's good to think about a new approach, not necessarily, you know, starting over. That's not what I mean. But I think we need to make room for the new in our teaching lives. Well, I mean, I think this could also like to get a little bit bigger, even like this applies to life in general. And as we are both mothers of young children, and obviously not everybody listening is going to be a mother of young children in the exact same station of life where we are. But I think we can all relate to in life, you have to try new things. And that is completely the same in teaching. Teaching, we have such a different place in the world than like my non-teacher friends look at me sometimes and they're like, I just don't understand how you do it. And then they go, and I don't really understand why you like it. And I'm like, well, (laughs) (laughs) and that is why I do what I do. And you do what you do. And like sitting in an office all day long would be something that would kill my soul. But standing up in front of teenagers would be something that doesn't work for other people. Sitting in an office all day long to me looks like the same thing every single day. But if I talk to some of my friends who do work in the corporate world and do have offices or do like work from home and it's the same setting, they try new things all the time. And it just doesn't resonate quite the same because they're trying new things in a different, like a different arena completely. There's something really, really um, intimidating about trying new things within the walls of a classroom when however many, like in my classroom, there are like 40 sets of eyes looking at me. And what if I fall on my face? So that's where like when we were talking in our last episode about being brave, totally chimes in as like the partner to new, you have to have the bravery to try the new, but the new is what keeps things moving forward. Right. And I think, I think absolutely. And as you're talking, I'm thinking like, we need to make sure that this podcast series and everyone who's listening, please pass this along to your admin to the people who are responsible for creating culture at your school. If we have, like you're saying, Marie, you know, a corporate culture that new is expected and it's innovative, it's appreciated. If we have that kind of culture in our building, it makes the new in our classroom and that scary set of 40 eyes looking at you so but more exciting and again part of that reinvigoration of what teaching can be and how new things can really just liven up and keep you happy in a job that let's be honest can very very quickly pull you apart to pieces not unlike the girl on top of the balloon freezing to death should we mention again the I gas go hole. back <laughs> can we get back again i feel like we haven't said gas hole enough we need to continue to think about the metaphor of the gas hole, but really like <laughs> this is also about culture. You know, it's one thing to be no, it brave. Is. It's one thing to try new things, but like, are we also figuring out like, okay, this will all be easier and better if this is a climate that we're experiencing together as a school. Absolutely. Well, and I think though, like I'm going to kind of like, play both sides here. I'm going to devil devil's advocate this just for a little bit because there can also become a culture of everything has to be new and you start to get into that oh, like yes. rat race of well, I have to do this new and I have to reinvent this and now I have to da 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 and that's also not what we mean but I'm going to completely go against what I'm saying in just a second again. Um but for the most part trying new things doesn't have to be a complete overhaul and a complete relearning of everything that is education and instruction and being an educator like it doesn't have to be all of that because that is what makes it scary because you look at it and you go i work so hard at least i do i i look at like the idea of new and i love new things but sometimes i get tired 
and I look at the idea of trying something new and I go, oh my gosh, I don't know if I have it in me. Like, I don't know if I have the, not even the guts, but the energy to put forth into something new and to do it right. So I'm going to go back to something that I already know that I might not even like, it might not be that effective, but I already know it and it's not going to drain me further. Right. So like that, oh, totally seeking out new things. And I think that's what we're going to get into in a minute here is that seeking out new things can be big and it can be a huge overhaul, but really the best new things are the small incremental changes that you can make in the small places to just infuse a little bit of energy, a little bit of zhuzh <laughs> into what you're uh-huh. teaching. Um, that's on like the individual teacher level, but like to change a school culture, there has to be not to change school culture, but to like bring in new as an energy and as a, as an expectation and as an accepted way of being, it does have to be a big school culture shift. Yeah. And so I can kind of speak to that in my experience. Um, so for those of you guys who have been along my journey for a little while, or you listen to episode one, um, you know that I've kind of taught in two different capacities. I taught for one section of my career. It was 10 years at my first school, kind of where I was born as a teacher. And in that space, I had this kind of transformational experience where I was teaching very old school. Here's a novel and here are study guide questions to give your students. That is unit one. Like I cringe (laughs) to think about what I did with Julius Caesar the first time. I mean, honest to God, I think we read a scene we answered 10 questions. Yeah. We read another scene and we answered 10 questions. And I am telling you, Marie, I was so good at it. <laughs> like in my head. Like, oh, I was yeah. Like, I am doing so good. I am killing this. And, and I wasn't. And that's okay. And I'm brave enough to admit that. But I think for me, the new that changed me was small incremental things over time. And the biggest thing in my career that's been a new shift in my teaching has been a philosophy of inquiry and actually looking at teaching from the lens of who's doing the heavy lifting me or the students. And so the big shift, and I would love to talk about this more with you guys later. And I'll just kind of give you the quick peek here is that a unit is stronger when the kids are approaching it from terms of a question rather than just a theme or a book. So unit one is not, let's say Fahrenheit 451. Unit one is to what extent is America a dystopia? And then all of a sudden the kids are wondering, well, well, is it? And I'm like, well, it's fictional, but is it close? And so we have a conversation rather than, a list of study guide questions. So that was like a big, a big new thing that wasn't like a to-do list new thing. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And I, lo- I love that. Like your biggest, like it's, it's, it's a big, philo- philo- it's a big philosophical change too, to like look at your instructional approach as inquiry instead of content driven. Right. And that is big and it is new, but it is also like you're saying, rather than being a big task list, it is incremental change because it's just a way to approach. And it's a new you can take things that you've done before and slightly adjust and twist them to now have the focus on student, like you said, student heavy lifting and student inquiry and student discovery, which, you know, like edgy babble buzzword um, student centered approach. Right. To keep the kids doing the work. 
And we are just there as guides. Like, I love that approach. And I think that's a great way. And it's small, too. Like, it can be huge, but it can also be very small. And, like, little bits of your day can just be refocusing and returning around and saying, okay, kids, now let's get back to that question. Let's see how far we've gotten in our path towards answering our questions and that kind of a thing. It, it's it's a game changer. It was actually a way for me that new actually meant simplifying. New yes. didn't mean more things or more to do. It actually meant here's a focal point and here's a way to sift out the, that looks like fun and new and cool. Like, look at this new technology. But mm-hmm. then the question was, does this serve the the focal point? Like the, that question, that inquiry driven moment that we're really trying to get at, does it contribute to that or no? Because if it doesn't, it's an easy thing to push to the side. So that actually leads me very well to what new has meant for me in my teaching practice and within my classroom. Um, Quick little background story. So I've been a teacher for a minute. This is my 13th year of teaching. And most of that has been in a high school classroom. The first, oh my gosh, five-ish years were in an English classroom. And then I was our theater arts director. So I was teaching drama and the like behind the scenes performance and all of that goes into that um, production-based sorts of classes for about five years. And then I was pregnant with my daughter, my second baby. I said, okay, too much. I'm in overload. And I took on a teaching on special assignment uh, position within my district where I traveled around to elementary schools. So I'd only taught in high school. And then all of a sudden I was teaching in a different school every day on a rotation of like 13 different schools, all these different classrooms in like K through five. When I went back into the high school English classroom last year, I said, I am going to dump everything I have ever done out and I'm going to start everything new. So like where I was saying small incremental change is the best way to do it. This is where I'm going completely against myself. Um, I started completely over. Like I started totally fresh and I said, whatever I have that was good will rise to the top. Like the cream will rise. And the rest of it needs to go. And I had an opportunity to do that because we had changed to a new bell schedule at my school. And so things were very different for me coming back into the classroom. Um, So that is an example of just starting everything new. But what you were saying about new doesn't mean more. It means simplifying. That was absolutely what it was for me. But I did find myself falling into the trap of they need to be busy. I need something else for them to do. I need to be doing something else. I need, I, where's the data going to come from that they're actually learning? I need some sort of a sheet or some sort of an answer or some sort of a something. Um, so I found myself trying to overcomplicate and I still struggle against that, that the new means like a cleaning of house. (laughs) Totally. I know how that feels. Yeah. And like giving space for kids to do the heavy lifting, like you're talking about rather than supplying them with all of the answers that they just kind of like fill in. So I know you've done a lot of stuff with speaking of curriculum, like what have you been doing with your novel units? That's different. So where my novel units were very much like you were saying before, like, okay, let's read a chapter and here was the study guide. Now let's talk about the study guide questions after we've read the chapter and here's your quiz. And then we would do that until some sort of a project or a paper at the end of the novel unit. And I found myself hating the novels where I was like, okay, something's wrong. Um, I have completely reversed to a, well, I don't know if reverse is the right word, but I've completely overhauled to a student choice novel unit design i still haven't quite named it yet because i'm like figuring it all out but here's the (laughs) gist we will take like a theme 
of sorts. I will start with a theme and I will find one or two essential questions because they'll normally need to like overarch throughout our whole theme. So, uh, for instance, I'm actually designing one right now using our core text of uh, Pride and Prejudice with my seniors that I'll be teaching a new uh, term later on this year. And we're going to look at the idea of relationships. And I'm still I'm still fleshing out my essential question, but it's going to have something to do with the extent to which relationships with other people form the person that or the the person that we are. My grammar is not correct, but I think you're following me. Um, totally. And so then what I've done with that is I have Pride and Prejudice is almost like an anchor or like a line that I can pull through. And then my students are going to have like seven or eight different novels that are thematically the same that have a heavy focus on relationships or have a heavy focus on character development and relationship development within their stories that we can then hold up against Pride and Prejudice as a way to examine and explore these different um, questions and these different areas of character and relationships and that sort of a thing. So like where the heavy lifting for me will be in approaching Pride and Prejudice with everybody and doing like, I'm basically going to do like a one week mini unit on the novel and use film study kind of things. Then that next month or five weeks will be students reading their own chosen novel from a list that I've given them and then making those connections. So that it's a very cool. (laughs) It's hard for me to see it because my brain goes back to, I'm very much like wired to, well, but how do I know they're learning? But what are they doing? So I'm always questioning that because there aren't any like study guide questions because that would be insane to make for eight different novels. But we're doing a lot of talking. We're doing a lot of um, analysis, both in like creative formats and written formats and different sorts of things that it's just been a whole mindset shift to see a new way for students to make connection and to transfer their knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And well, here's the thing, right, Marie, is is that new is also in a lot of ways experimental and we don't know if it's going to be effective for kids unless we do try it. And this is just one more reason that brave and new go together. You know, having the courage to try it and see how it goes just means that you are ready to see what's going to be best for kids in the future. And if it's not, we just change gears and we pivot. Like that's what teaching is. We're always, we are always pivoting. Oh, and always. <laughs> you know, I think that, yeah, totally. And, and your example is definitely, I think one that is something that I would love, but for people out there listening who are like, Oh my God, this is exactly why I would never want you to be working at my school. Right. Cause I do know why <laughs> you walked into the room and like, I have a new idea uh-huh. and everyone runs away. Like, Oh my God, that's an intimidating new step. And even mine, a new philosophy, that's a huge new thing to take on. But I think we've both been in the in the world of needing new, fresh ideas that doesn't that don't actually overtake our entire brains. So what for you have been some of the the miniature news news? You know, you know what I mean, right? The miniature new things you've tried that have done done the job. I mean, yeah, well, to your point, I, you know, you sit there and it's like November, right? So all of your August and September energy has been drained away by October and you're like, okay, I'm in like, 
I, I've been in the position where I know that I need to change something up, but I don't have the bandwidth to do so. I don't have the energy to do so. What can I do to change it? Like you're saying, I love to do something as simple as moving things around in my classroom, like just changing out the, the student seating layout, moving where my desk is in the room, moving around like just some major pieces of furniture or even like changing out a bulletin board to just freshen up because it gives me new energy and it's like a new perspective. I also don't let the kids sit in the same seat for very long. They get maybe a couple of weeks, if that, in the same location of the room. Even that little zhuzh like changes things enough and it's a small new thing to create like new attention on whatever the materials that we're covering. Yeah. I love that. I feel like I also have found that I love doing classroom transformations. And if you are anywhere near Instagram, this can seem like a really intimidating idea. Um, But I have found like really teeny tiny transformations have been so effective. Um, We recently finished reading The the Great Gatsby. And at the end of Gatsby, spoiler alert, he dies, guys. So um, (laughs) sad day. It it is really sad. And so I actually... (laughs) I have the kids write funeral speeches for Gatsby, considering the fact that, and again, spoiler alert, basically nobody goes to his funeral. Um, And so the classroom transformation is, um, well, number one is a YouTube playlist of all the best Sarah McLachlan and sad songs I can find on the internet. So that's pretty fun. Um, Also, we did the, what's... um, P. Diddy sings a song. Why am I escaping the title? I'll be missing you. I'll be missing you with Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And like, of course, this is another connection moment with your kids. You'll realize that they're like, P who? P what? I know. And you're like, children. Like, listen, makes more money than you'll ever know how to count. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Your age is showing Um, kids. Shh. Your age is showing kids. And then and then I throw a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio from the movie, like on the front screen, done. YouTube playlist and a screen on the PowerPoint screen in the front of the room and classroom transformation complete. Dim the lights. Yeah. (laughs) Dim the lights and stand up at the podium. Let's read your super over dramatic speeches. And we just had a break in the week, something new. And by the way, I got a chance to teach eulogy and elegy two different types of writing the purposes and why you would use them and I had a little language lesson in there and it was beautiful and it was something new and it was something different and it was creative like we can get very uh stuck in like the not the monotony I hate saying monotony because it sounds so like but it is the monotony of like doing the same sorts of activities so even like those of us will try something new like an escape room you can't do an escape room every single time you start a new unit like or like some sort of puzzle challenge you can't do a puzzle challenge every time because then the newness wears off so little things like you're saying like a little classroom transformation something very small even over like before our last winter break, I would just put up a new Yule log or fireplace video while we were getting work done every day. And that was a small enough classroom transformation, like you're saying, that it just revived the energy and it gave us something different to just like freshen up a little bit. Um, I also like to bring in like new supplemental texts. So when I'm working on like a major novel unit or something or or even like a like a um expository writing unit and I'll bring in more timely articles or a section of a podcast episode that's just something new to like brighten up the conversation a little bit and bring in something a little bit more relevant to today. Those little changes really do like bring new energy to your classroom. 
Okay, so one other way that I'll look to bring in something new to my classroom, to be perfectly honest with you guys, is I look to either Instagram or TPT for somebody else's brilliant mind to have done something for me. So as most of you guys know, total open disclosure, right? Marie and I both have TPT stores, but honestly, I spend a lot of money (laughs) on other people's brilliant, quick and easy ideas because new ideas don't always come to me when I need them. So I love going to see what my friends and other teachers have shared both their ideas and their products uh, online so that I can just download them or recreate them and voila, new things in my classroom, ready to go. Bonus, you're actually paying a teacher for their hard work and their own creativity. So that's a win-win for me. No, absolutely. I do the exact same thing. And I don't know why I was hesitant. Well, actually, I can tell you why I was hesitant. I just don't think it's a good reason to be hesitant for a while to purchase things and then like talk about how I had purchased things on Teachers Pay Teachers. There was like a weird air of, oh, you can't do that on your own. And it was like, no, I actually probably could do this on my own. But A, I don't have the time. B, I don't have the energy. And C, I don't really want to come up with all of the things myself. I would rather crowdsource to people who I really respect and look up to and love that I get to interact with, like you were saying on like Instagram, and then also contribute to their own small businesses on something like TPT and be like, wow, thank you so much. This worked so like these pre-writing stations from blah, blah, blah store worked so well in my classroom and then share that with other people so that we can really create this wonderful community. That is a very new part of teaching for me is the idea of like opening my classroom door both physically and metaphorically to my own school and to the internet to be like look what I'm doing what are you doing how can I do this better what ideas do I have for you what ideas do you have for me that I haven't even thought of it's such a like I keep saying the same word but like re-energizing and revitalizing and just like passion igniting way to approach the very easy burnout thing that is being a classroom teacher. And that is a real, real thing. And that's a real danger. And so I think for me, like that's exactly what Instagram and TPT do for me too. I think it's a place that we can get outside those walls of our classroom and outside of our towns and just see what's going on in Australia and see what's going on in Florida. Um, You know, the Midwest is a pretty isolating place. We, you know, sit here and shiver all the time and (laughs) there's all four seasons, but it feels like the only one that we really, really have to experience is winter and it's brutal. Um, So it's so nice to just see what's going on in the rest of the world and just have teacher hive mind. It's, it's just so refreshing to me, but let's, let's look back and recap what new means to us in terms of, Moving forward with this podcast. So for me, Brave New Teaching, the new piece of it all, is going to be about how can we, Marie and Amanda, seek out new things and bring them to you, our listeners, in a way that you can emulate and take those things that we've crowdsourced and bring them into your own classrooms. We want to bring into this podcast ideas that are new that you can think about in the car while you're driving to work and driving home from work and be like, Hmm, maybe. Hmm. And then eventually we will indoctrinate you to be the person who walks into a meeting and says, we're reinventing everything. No, I'm just, and then they're like, get out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think you just want to make new happy. Yes, exactly. I think I would like to really go forward with new as 
a couple of different things, both a way to have small little incremental changes that like after listening to this episode, somebody could be like, I'm going to try this tomorrow. Like I'm going to look on teachers pay teachers to see what I can find for next week that I can create a new routine in my classroom and use this product to do it. Like bam, easy, done, pretty quick little change, but also to give my fellow educators out there the confidence or even like give yourself the permission to try new things and to kind of fall a little bit or like have the possibility of it not going very well, but like because you tried it and it was new, it it still brought in a new air, right? So I think that's that's the biggest thing that I wanted to like walk away with is the idea of like, it's okay to try things that are new and it's okay for them not to work. Most of the time they don't work exactly perfectly, but then again, you discover something new from it. Exactly. You discover something new from it or you discover something like, well, I'm going to go and pivot off of that one. Yeah. That is the metaphor. We have had so many beautiful metaphors in this episode, and I really think everyone just needs to appreciate how brilliant we are at poking holes for gas. Absolutely. And, and like pivoting. And like old-timey and bicycles. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't thought about a gas hole and an old-timey bicycle in the last five minutes, well, you're welcome. They're back. Well, that's what we're here to do. And before we let you guys go... Marie, usually I ask you what you're obsessed with, but I'm actually going to start. I'm going to like, I'm going to box you out. Now we're going to basketball metaphors. I'm going to box you out because I just need you to know I'm I not very good about... at sports. Like I understand them. I'm just the least I'm coordinated. Not either, All right. My dad always said box out. Okay. And I'm gifted on the bottom half of my body. So, okay. you know, whatever. All right. I'll take um, it. So what I'm obsessed with right now, and we're recording this a little bit early, so I will have to definitely tap back in on this one later, but I should say we, because my husband and I, we are obsessed with Money Heist. It is the single greatest show on Netflix. I will stand by that. Well, I mean, until something better comes. But it is so freaking good. It is an amazing. Have you seen it, Marie? No. What? I know. I The disappointment. See, listeners, you couldn't see what I'm seeing through my Skype-like window. But the disappointment in her face was palpable. I mean... It's real. It is. We are moving on to season four in April. And I am, I am really struggling to wait for April, even though we're probably there now when you're listening to this, but it is a great show. The coolest thing about it is it's what Netflix is doing for us as a culture is fascinating because we never, when I was growing up, I couldn't watch a hit TV show from Spain. Yeah, on no. And it's like, it's incredible to watch this like gorgeous artistic show that's clever and intelligent and it's dubbed and i'm like i don't care like bring me more money heist is all i have to say no, and viva I, la revolucion i've never even heard of it which might oh my god that might be also because we've we are pretty obsessed right now with disney plus that's not the thing i'm obsessed with but my children okay. who are three and six years old are obsessed so we were watching um what were we watching last night we were watching boy meets world which as I'm watching it back, I'm like, there are some problematic things when it comes to like, first of all, just the view of education, <laughs> like, right? a teacher's place in a child's life. That's problematic. There's some interesting things with like gender roles that are happening as well. But at the same time, I'm like, Corey Matthews, be still my beating heart. I had such a weird crush on him because that was like the perfect age for me. <laughs> That's one little obsession. My other obsession right now is on Amazon Prime. It is the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And 
I have been. I love her. I have been obsessed with that show since it started. We're in season three and it just gets better. Like it just gets better. I think we've still got at time of recording, we've still got like two and a half or three and a half more episodes left in this last season. And we're kind of like spacing them out and savoring simply because it's going to put a hole in my soul when it's gone. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Brave New Teaching. We hope that this gives you a little bit more insight, a little, maybe just some permission to try new things like we've been saying, or even just see something in a new light. And we would love to continue this conversation. What you are trying that's new, please look down in the show notes so you can see how to get a hold of us. We are Brave New Teaching on Instagram and we are bravenewteaching.com to see our blog. And we hope that this week you guys go challenge the status quo in your own way and then tell us all about it. We are so excited to continue to build this community of brave new teachers who are in this together, right? That's really what Marie and I are trying to do here is build community and create a a space where we can just experience new things, brave things all together as teachers in real life. Absolutely. We have your back, everybody. (laughs) So thank you guys so much. We will see you next time. Bye.